Hi, this is Matteo Santoro. I've just released my post-apocalyptic cinematic NFT experience. I'm on the edge of NFT, the podcast that brings you all the experiences in NFT worth checking out. Keep listening. Hey there, NFT curious listener. Stay tuned for today's episode and find out what might happen if you lose your soul drive someday. How the incredible power of narrative storytelling is enhanced further by NFTs. And what's more enticing to ride for today's guest, an e-bike or a BMW motorcycle? All this and more in today's episode. Enjoy. And remember, NFTLA is coming March 28th to the 30th. It will be an unforgettable experience featuring the creme de la creme in the NFT space. Head on over to nftla.live to get your tickets as early as possible for best pricing. And if you or someone you know wants to partner with us to co-create this special unforgettable experience, there are still opportunities to get involved, but they are also going fast. So please reach out at contact at Edge of NFT. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's Spotlight episode features Matteo Santoro, one of Hollywood's leading animators and filmmakers. Mateo has directed a sci-fi film entitled Higher Power and worked as a VFX artist on movies like 300, X-Men, and The Incredible Hulk. He has also created album artwork for Nine Inch Nails and Tool. While working on conceptual designs for some of the biggest comic book movie franchises, Mateo has also found himself working on NFTs for some of the world's leading artists, including Alex Gray and Zoe Milk. Mateo, welcome to Edge of NFT. It's great to have you here. Thanks for having me. This is such a special episode, Mateo, for a few reasons. I don't know if you realize this, but you are part of episode number 99. Whoa, that's crazy. You guys have 99, so 100 right around the corner. Yeah, yeah, we've got something special cooking there. But this episode is special too for me (laughs) because when people think about the industry, they think about the folks creating the minting contracts. They think about the artists. They think about the marketing side of this. Um, They think about some of the IP. You're a creator too, and you're working on a really key part of the equation, especially when you think about the video dimensionality of NFTs and where that's going. And really zooming in on that with you on this episode is exciting to me. I'd love to start at the beginning of your career in animation and film, and how you got into the space? Uh, well, it started 2005. I uh, came out from Boston with $500 and an air mattress, <laughs> a big dream. And uh, I ended up working in visual effects. I got a, a job uh, working at this place called Prologue Films, doing opening titles for TV shows. And then from there, I ended up getting my first gig at a, a big VFX house called Hydraulics. And that was my intro into the movie special effects world. I got to work on like Alien versus Predator and Avatar and all these, you know, like some of those Marvel projects. I even got to go on the Alien versus Predator set when I remember when I was a kid, which was the coolest thing in the world and probably the first time in my life that I was starstruck because I got to hang out with the actual Predator, which was so cool. 
you know, I worked kind of as a generalist doing everything from animation to concept design, like designing, you know, alien planets and, you know, different creatures to doing matte painting work and, and then bouncing over into the animation realm. So just bringing those things to life. And I love doing concept stuff. My heart has always been into the, do the directing thing, you know? So as a VFX artist in the background, actually, after about five or six years of working on hydraulics, I, I worked on my own kind of like sci-fi short that I put together and it took me about a year. I just kind of slowly chipping away at that. And I, put that online. It's called Offline. It came out like a while ago, but that was the thing that kind of kickstarted my directing career because after that, I ended up getting contacted by CAA and just, you know, that whole thing just kind of blew open the door for me because, you know, as a director and a visual effects artist, I was able to utilize my VFX skills to elevate the work that I'm doing, right? I can film something, but I don't have to really rely on hiring a VFX team because I can just do that myself. You know what I mean? So I was able to infuse that into some of my own indie projects. And then after that, I ended up doing this sci-fi movie that I wrote and directed called Higher Power. It was an indie film. We shot it for under half a million million bucks, but it ended up getting theatrical distribution in a couple of places. It was picked up by Magnolia Films. It's on Hulu, Amazon Prime, you know, that kind of thing, which was really cool to see because that was definitely a labor of love. I mean, I don't know, like half a million bucks to try to pull off a big sci-fi thing was quite the undertaking. I only shot it in, I don't know, I guess like under 20 days. And yeah, I did probably 90% of the visual effects myself, which was like, I mean, absolute so, hell. So does that, is that, is, I'm kind of learning the Hollywood lingo being here for the last seven years also from Boston. And does that make you like a predator? Is that a good title for your I mean, sort of... I don't so you're like a predator plus, you know? <laughs> I don't know. If, I mean, maybe. I ended up doing, I mean, I talked about this in another podcast I did, but I ended actually ended up doing the voice of the predator in that movie. It was a total fluke situation. Nice. The like growling, but that's a whole other conversation. But yeah. So anyway, so my second movie came out or my first movie came out. And then, you know, after that, it was the question of well, I want to get my second one off the ground. Right. And after licking my wounds from the first one, because it was brutal trying to, I mean, it was pretty brutal trying to put that thing together. It was like all about trying to figure out how to get that thing off the ground. And I had this idea for this project and it's an original IP, you know, my own concept, kind of like my own Star Wars. And when you're dealing with your own IP, you know, it's, it's pretty difficult. I mean, it's an uphill battle in general to get a movie made, right? But when you're dealing with a sci-fi thing that's not based off of a comic book or based off of a cartoon and there's no real built-in audience, you really have to convince a, a studio that like this is something that they should believe in. And that's where the NFT component came in for me. I was like, oh, well, I could kind of create a, an audience through that, that realm and, and see where yeah. that goes. So, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I mean, as you kind of alluded to, in these big movies, I always think about it when I watch the credits, right? It's like there's a million people putting these things together. So much like structure that's already built in to make these movies. It's so hard to just get in. It's just so hard to even conceptualize and know the right people and all this stuff. What I find cool about NFTs, although you, it still helps to have a, a big team and a big idea to get NFTs going, kind of like levels the playing field a little bit, at least, you know, and you can kind of jump in and you compete with everybody else that's there, no matter how long they've been around. I'm curious, when did you first hear of NFTs and when did it click for you? Hey, this is a place where I maybe have a little bit of an edge as opposed to being a little bit behind. 
Oh, buddy. Um, I first heard about it a while ago. A friend of mine at the dog park, my buddy Spencer told me about, he's like, Hey, you know, there's this, this new thing coming up called NFTs. And he showed me the people work on Instagram and he's like, don't you do this? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, these things are selling. And, and obviously, you know, at first when you, when you hear especially back then, when I first heard about it, I was like, wait, this doesn't even make any sense. Like, what do you mean these are selling? Like, you know, like we would always talk about it. And, and then I actually got the opportunity to work on my first one because I was approached by um, the psychedelic artist, Alex Gray, to do his first NFT with him, which was quite wow. an honor. So that was my first, my introduction to it was collaborating with a really incredible, pretty prolific artist. And we designed this, this really beautiful animation together. And, but yeah, Alex and I, we worked for a while together on a bunch of stuff. Like I'd done a bunch of work for that band tool and, so he came to me to, to bring his work to life. And then after that, it kind of, from there, it, that opened the door for me to collaborate with a lot of other traditional 2D artists like Miles Johnson and Soy Milk. And I'm actually doing a collaboration with uh, Robbie Trevino pretty soon, but like taking these, these 2D traditional painters and you know, guys who just use traditional medium and then taking their work into the, the third dimension, I guess you could say. And then and animating it. Cause that's kind of how, so, you know, it works in the, but like why NFTs let's get down <laughs> to it. I mean, there's a lot of different modalities that you've used in the past. Like what is it about NFTs that like sparks your passion? Like you said, the leveling of the playing field, right? I mean, I love the community aspect of it is really beautiful. You can kind of co-create these things. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, there's, like the degree of separation between you and your audience, it's not like it was before. Like there is, you're directly connected with them. You can provide content and narrative and even be driven by your audience in a way, you know? So that, I mean, that part I was really attracted to. And, I, you know, also it's the future. I'm a futurist and you know, I love, I love new technology and my skill set. you know, I'm like an animator, you know, like this is the kind of stuff that I'm into. I've been working as a VFX artist for over a decade. And so it just made sense. It made sense for me to explore this as a new medium, especially if I've been sharpening my sword and might as well use it, you know? Right on. So let's go a little deeper into the NFT film project that you're working on. And, and it's really exciting. Where did that idea come from? How it work? What's the sort of utility of the NFTs? Like, when's it going to be released? Break it down for us. All right, so the origin of the idea happened during quarantine and I was building out this sci-fi world because I you know I was trying to put together my my next movie. I didn't know at first that I was going to use NFTs to help kind of bring it to life. It actually all started with me building after kind of writing the story, I ended up building this robot, like a practical robot out of vacuum parts. I can show you guys some of that footage, which is actually, it's in the trailer. You can see it, but... Um, when you say practical robot, you yeah. mean like it's functional? Like it walks around? Like Well, it's, it's a model. It's, a, it's, a, it's an actual... It's a model. Yeah, it's, okay. like a, right. it's like an actual... No, no, no. But I mean, um, I feel like every robot is practical. Just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, practical is the name of the game for robots. Yeah, well, there, well in, exactly. in, visual yeah. effects, in visual effects, there's, you know, practical effects, which you're not using computer to actually, like, to animate, right? So I actually built this robot. It was like a, almost like a passion project to try to keep me from going insane during the thing quarantine. And a, a friend of mine, uh, this guy. No, I, I'm sorry, Mateo. Yeah. I mean, this is all working out for you, but this is evidence that you did go in. But I mean, that's. <laughs> well, most artists aren't. So. It's kind of like that Saturday Night Live skit where the girl starts talking to her like house plants or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, building a robot. Just guys. building a, yeah. Yeah, building a robot in my backyard. 
<laughs> just start talking to it, you know, like, <laughs> but yes, once I put that together, I, from there, just, I started building the costumes and I made all these weapons and I storyboarded everything. And I got my, assembled my team. It was only five people, my trusty director of photography, my big shout out to Dallas Sterling, who's always been, you know, just there for me to just work hard on cool, creative things. He was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, didn't want anything, just loves getting stuff done and making things. And we went out to the desert and somehow I put this thing together <laughs> and I shot it. And, and then I put all the VFX on it and I had this really, and then, then that's when, after that happened and I started putting the, the trailer together, that's when I was like, oh man, I should try. I mean, this thing is, could be really cool as an NFT, you know, why not try to push the medium and because I know that people are doing stuff with narrative and there really aren't any rules to this game, you know? And I love that. That's my favorite part about it. It's kind of like people are making them up as they go. And if they work, they stick. And, and so like SIF just made sense to me and that's where it all kind of came. Edge of NFT is definitely a no rules environment. Kind of <laughs> a lot of people gravitate towards it. Hey, there are no rules here. Let me in. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. You know, I think actually this is an appropriate time, you know, for the people who are going to watch on YouTube, we'll probably show this clip because you've been talking about it a lot and that people get to see this robot and the kind of awesome desert scene. We're not going to show it for the podcast listeners, though. So we'll, Josh and I have seen it. So we'll talk a little bit about that and, and kind of. I, I watched it actually like five times. I got pretty pumped about it and we shared it with the whole team and everyone decreased their productivity because of you. <laughs> well, I love that. It's like a video game. I love that. It's got that almost like a Western feel to it, although it has that sort of dystopian future feel to it. It's got this robot that you constructed, this practical robot, which is a bit kind of scary and weird in this particular trailer. But definitely the one thing that I have to say is just I'm so impressed with, uh, you know, some of these NFT projects, including yours, just the level of detail and just intricacy people are putting into this stuff. And that's what I noticed with yours. I was like, oh, this guy's not fucking around, you know, or, <laughs> you know, like, holy moly. I was just very impressed with probably the level of attention to detail and professionalism you had to put into it. And again, potentially on a low budget and all of this stuff. But what made you feel like you wanted to put as much into it as you did given that you, you know, you're not sure there's going to be some sort of return on, oh, I mean, on it's, investment. Anytime I put my name on anything, I'm going to bleed for it, you know, especially if it's my artwork. I mean, and by gravity, you're going to bleed work. for this episode of Edge of NFT, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We're going to make you know, to that, brother. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm saying like, you know, you know what I mean? Like any, anytime I'm going to invest my time into something and I, and I, I like, you have to believe in, especially with a movie, if you're a director, you have to believe in the project before I even start, you know? And then once you start, getting into the nitty gritty, it's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm married to this thing. So yeah, that's why I, you know, I paid attention to the detail because it was kind of a part of me in a way, you know, there's all kinds of actually it built into the infrastructure of the story. I have a metaverse like component to sift as well. I mean, I could get into the nerdy details, but there's this thing called the uh, main character. He's protecting this world called um, the soul drives and there are all these backed up, consciousness of humans from the past and so it's kind of like a broken metaverse that people are living in like these uploaded mm -hmm. souls in a way and so i really want to expand upon that world in a way and because if you know like it's metaverse it is a version of a metaverse it's almost like a haunted kind of glitched out matrix reality but that's where his family lives anyways nerdy stuff <laughs> oh no i dig it man that's totally yeah. worth sharing it's cool that you came up with that concept i don't know that i've ever heard of that 
before this concept of a soul drive, right? But it's very apropos to what we're looking at down the line. I mean, just saw an article today. I don't know if it was shared among our team or just I, I noticed it, you know, just about, you know, Elon Musk's Neuralink, mm-hmm. you know, connect your brain to a computer project. Uh, it's coming right along, right? And they're going to start working integrating with human brains, you know, hopefully sometime soon. So uh, this concept of a soul drive is is really great and wonderful to explore. And I'm sure it's going to capture a lot of people's imagination. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Ray yeah. Kurzweil. Ray Kurzweil, he's a futurist. Sorry, but yeah, his, his whole thing was about uploading your consciousness before you die and allowing your brain to live on and like a virtual nirvana. It's really nerdy stuff. I love that kind of It seems like what you're building lends itself to some interesting partnerships co-creation opportunities and the process of doing this versus doing a movie, a traditional movie is is quite different. Can you kind of walk us through that in terms of like what the process has been like and what kind of partnerships you're exploring along the way? I mean, so far it's been an independent experience. You know, I've been putting this whole thing together outside of the guys to help me on set, but the partnerships are the community, right? I mean, it's like friends, like my friend, like Lady Phoenix, like she kind of opened the door for me and gave me some introductions and my buddy this is rio uh, he's a, a big nft artist same thing it's just like all these guys just opening open arms like oh cool project and the partnerships are other artists in a way right it's like that in the fans you know it's kind of building itself and that's what's so beautiful about this entire experience you kind of answered this question too from a process perspective it's a more intimate journey that you're almost taking with your audience right how much of a contrast has that been for you? And what else have you learned along the way? Well, I mean, it's incredibly rewarding, right? It's less like when you're doing a feature, it's like you're just dealing with studio executives and you're kind of building this thing in the background. And there's it's just there's such a long period of people not knowing anything about it until it's like getting really close to being finished. But like in this, in this new example, I guess, it's like, you know, I'm developing this movie with the fans in a, in a strange way. So the, you get that kind of reward, right? That, that reward of, of the reaction of people getting excited. When people get excited about something, there's that the synergy that happens, right? You know, like I get excited by people being excited and it makes me want to create more, you know? So we've been hearing a lot about narrative driven works in the NFT world and story has been a huge part of what we've seen having a incredible influence on whether things work out, how things work out. Can you tell listeners what that means to you, this kind of story, this lore aspect of things and where you might see it going in the future? Narrative is built into humans, human DNA, right? It's like we've been telling stories around the campfire since, you know, we were like cavemen or whatever, right? It's like, in general, people are just attracted to narrative. Like that's just part of humanity, the myth. And so naturally things are going to you know, progress in that direction. I mean, most, you know, mo- I mean, most work that is the most inspiring to me has a sense of narrative. I mean, it doesn't need to be like a movie, right. To have a, like narrative content. It's just a, like a thing that gives you a sense of a story. Like you're going somewhere. It gives you that feeling like there's a journey, right. There's a journey. And that's the kind of stuff that it's like life, like reflects life. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's why I'm so attracted to kind of bringing that element into the NFT space. Yeah. And then we talked a little bit about this, you integrating with the community around this. You know, we had Neil Strauss on the show recently, who's working on this. Uh, Jenkins, the Jenkins, valet. Jenkins, the valet. And then he yeah. also published a decentralized book with Lit WTF uh-huh. uh, right. about aliens as well. 
he was definitely commenting on this concept of like, we're leaving this up to the fans. We're leaving that up to the fans. You know, it's, it's kind of scary, but it's kind of exciting. Have you had to face that a little bit in terms of, hey, like, this is how I thought the story would go. And people are coming in and say, hey, no, this is what should happen. Or has it, has it not, not yet, gone that direction? Not yet, but I'm, I'm not yet, but I'm sure at some point there will be, right. you know, that will, that will happen. But, you know, people, like I am a storyteller. So first and foremost, I'm going to tell the thing I want to tell. And then you can kind of go for along on the ride and there might be something there for you or not, you know. It's, but yeah, there's definitely a connection between the audience and the, and the director. Do you have any yeah. other ideas cooking in your pipeline for this project that you wanted to allude to on the show? We'd love to give our listeners early alpha. Yeah, I mean, look, it's in development, right? It's like the fir- I just dropped it on foundation like yesterday. And so the future of it is kind of, uh, it's up in the air right now. I'm planning on expanding the universe in all kinds of different cool ways. Like, I'm, like I was telling you earlier about that whole soul drive element. And there's going to be a sift a second SIF drop that uh, incorporates that concept of these kind of broken digital experiences. And just, I'm going to build, it's my universe that I just want to continue to build out in different ways. So, yeah. I'm excited to uh, sift through your, your universe and, 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 be, <laughs> and be part of the journey. I, I know it was a cheesy thing to say, but I couldn't resist. Yeah, I have a cheesy thing to say too, which is, all this talk about losing soul drives. Just remember, I lost like a regular drive. I'm <laughs> so upset about it. Yeah, now imagine if the relatives of your past were on there. That would be really bad. <laughs> yeah, totally. Thank you for sharing, you know, a little bit about this kind of fun and exciting, uncertain future of what you're going to do. Um, we're, we're certainly on board and excited about it. I'm sure the listeners are as well. Now, tell us a little bit about what other projects inspire you. You know, when you look around and you say, hey, like, I want to do stuff like that. What is it you're looking at? Like a lot of the narrative-driven stuff that's happening right now in the NFT community, I'm, trying, I'm like definitely really into a lot of that stuff. I love Rio's work. He's like he's been a real inspiring character in the world, and just like the philosophy behind like things that like Lady Phoenix is presenting, all that stuff. It feels science fiction within itself, you know. Like I feel like I'm I've actually entered the Matrix, and I'm like kind of. Now, like, you know, a part of, of this community of all these really cool characters. And so, I mean, you know, the, the list goes on and on. That's really cool, too. Like, I think this sense of being inspired by those around us is really exciting. You can always have that thing historically, right? I think it was a lot harder to connect with others that are doing incredible things or like feel like you can play in the same domain. You know, it's more of like a consumer society, right? I think this is kind of cool is what's happening as we move forward in time and as if we have all these sort of metaverse resources and ways to connect. It's becoming less of a consumer society and it's a creator society where you don't have to be inspired by some far off vision of somebody you saw in a movie. The predator, oh my God, would I ever <laughs> be there? But like, it's the people around you that can inspire you. And I think that's super exciting. Yeah, definitely. So Edge Quick Hitters, they're a fun and quick way to get to know you a little bit better. These are 10 quick questions. We're looking for just a short, single, or few word response, but we can feel free to expand if we get the urge. Question one, what is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? A wristwatch. I bought it from Mullen Lawns. It was kind of one of my first things that I bought myself. Was it a swatch? (laughs) No, it it was called Rusty. It was like a surfer brand. And I remember like saving up all this money to try to get this because I was 
doing all this dive kind of uh, spear fishing and stuff when I was a kid. I grew up on the water. And I, I bought this watch and it was, and I remember specifically being really proud of the fact that I bought it myself. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> nice. And, we had other recent kids' watch purchase. Was it Nikita? And she said she bought these like cheap watches and she, they would break every time. <laughs> she just buy another one. It's pretty cool. What is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Lemonade. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, like, I think I did a lemonade stand at one point in time. So, I mean, I'm like really searching back there in the memory banks and my soul drives. I think, yeah, it was a lemonade. Since you're a creator, you probably like got creative with it, like threw some strawberries in there and sold like the strawberry <laughs> yeah. lemonade or... It was or more about the like advertising. It's probably more about that, like writing the poster or whatever, you know? But yeah, cool. You know what I'm thinking about also like with this soul drive concept was really interesting. You're like, oh, that's what I remember, right? Like this idea of a soul drive, somebody could go yeah. in there and edit it and make it strawberry lemonade or, you know, grapefruit Editing juice the soul like drive, that, right? Yeah, <laughs> two, like already ready. <laughs> all right next question what is the most recent thing that you've purchased uh, i mean like besides the water i got this morning like like big that works <laughs> you know if you're a water i mean drinker, i got some smart water, highlight I got that some from the gas station so i mean yeah yeah go. i mean i did like yeah nice so, I mean, but the coolest thing i purchased recently like in the last couple of months is a new motorcycle i got a like a bmw r9 nice. which is like my favorite thing in the world next question what is the most recent thing you sold? Uh, an e-bike. I got one of those Suron e-bikes that was really fun, super dangerous. And whenever I got the motorcycle, I didn't need it anymore. So what is your most prized possession? My most prized possession is right here. If you want to see it. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. We're going to get mobile on both podcasts. Oh. There she is. Oh, I got like a, <laughs> a husky with the blue eyes. Yeah, her name's Ra. Just loving those pets. Her name's Ra. She's yeah, she's Ra? the love of my life and my most prized possession. Hello, you Ra. <laughs> she, is, she is beautiful. I had a husky as well, and they are very oh, special. Oh shoot. Sorry guys, I just totally messed up there. All right. So yes. Mateo, if you could buy anything in the world, digital physical service experiences currently for sale, what would it be? Definitely one of those tickets to space, probably. Yeah. I'd love You're that. In, man. Yeah. I definitely do. Got a Edge of NFT Space yeah. Club, or maybe I do the Mars here. one. I definitely do the Mars one. Yeah, I mean it's it's a long haul, but I'm good to go. I'm I'm all about that sci-fi life, so I might as well just live it, right? Next one's a little bit more of a philosophical question. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it? I mean, be? my great is creativity a personality trait? I mean, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely that. I mean, that's definitely my. My strongest, I wouldn't want to give my math skills or, <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah, nice. Definitely, definitely my creativity. That would cool. be number one. If you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, would you yeah, math, skills math skills here? Or... Skills. I think like a cap off, at like, you know, doing tips at a restaurant. That's as far as I uh, can take it. So, so we don't even get to geometry and pre-algebra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done advanced math and I still sort of get stumped when it comes to do the tip for whatever reason. Maybe it's because I had too many yeah, maybe, drinks or yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> All right, yeah, so, no, no good at math. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast? Took a shower. Nice. Thank you. 
that's that professionalism. <laughs> we right appreciate there. that. Not everyone showers for our shows and like, yeah. they don't realize that like we can tell we can. Tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely had people don't realize that zoom has been upgrading their technology. <laughs> we do now have smell of vision yeah. incorporated in our, zoom I know that. And that's why I took the shower. So, you know, <laughs> and just doing it for you guys. Appreciate that, man. Thank what you. are you going to do right after this podcast? Uh, I think I'm going to go for a run, to be honest. I got to stretch the legs. It's been a lot of behind the computer action for me the last couple of weeks, really trying to get this drop organized. And, and I love being outside and you got to smell the roses. And running is, for me, my zen place. So I think I'm going to definitely take a yeah. run to the beach. Yeah. Totally. My girlfriend runs on Venice Beach every day. That's her thing. And fortunately, we live by the beach. So she has that opportunity. Yeah, right here. Same here. Now, a lot of our... A lot of our guests happen to have done the same thing before the podcast is after, you know, because they're just focused on some type of work or whatever. Would have been interesting if you said shower. Got to wash off the filth of this podcast, you know. <laughs> shower <laughs> after and before because that's what I got to do. I just got to keep myself clean. Just got to get, just got to get rid of it. All right, man. Well, walking around in the desert, filming that, filming that trailer, um, I'm sure you got a little bit of something to wash off. It was really cool, really gritty, really awesome stuff that I think people can latch onto. We're really excited about the drop. We're really excited about everything you're going to be doing in the future. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and projects you're working on? Well, you can check out my Twitter, um, Mateo, with two T's, M-A-T-T-E-O dot uh, C Santoro. So not dot, I'm sorry, Mateo C Santoro. And the same thing for my Instagram. I know we talked about some kind of giveaway for our audience, potentially. Did you come up with an idea or should we just sort of let them know that's to be announced? I would say to be announced, but I think there's a soul drive component on, on the horizon. So we'll just plant that seed. There you go. So cool. something yeah. exciting there and we appreciate it. And I'm sure our audience will be pumped as well. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank, of course. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for participating. Well, it looks like we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks to everyone for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends, recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. Go to iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. And remember, we always invite you to co-create and build with us at Edge of NFT. We're unlocking a whole new way to connect and collaborate with us through our own NFT drops, spirit seeds leading to living tree NFTs, which light the way, of course, to our event, NFTLA, a one-of-a-kind, immersive and unforgettable experience at LA Live in Los Angeles, March 28th to the 30th. Check it out at nftla.live and hey, move quickly because early bird tickets are moving very fast. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. This episode was brought to you by today's guest and sponsor. The creators of Edge of NFT will be compensated to support the production costs associated with the program. We are very selective with deciding who to have on these shows, but we are learning as we go just like you. The views expressed are for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and are not intended to serve as an endorsement or investment advice. You are urged to do your own research as well as consult a reputable financial advisor before making any investment or purchase decision.